0: Love Talk Radio Love
1: Talk Radio Para Women Radio No silly girl talk about makeup or clothes <laughs> No, these dark darlings talk about the bizarre the strange and the supernatural with other extraordinary women in the paranormal. Join our chat moderated by Shannon Overland. And now, here they are, Amy Williamson and Beverly Van Pelt, The Gothic Gourmet.
0: Love, Hope, Radio
1: Para, Women, Radio No silly girl talk about makeup or clothes <laughs> No, these dark darlings talk about the bizarre The strange And the supernatural With other extraordinary women in the paranormal. Join our chat moderated by Shannon Overland. And now, here they are, Amy Williamson and Beverly Van Pelt, The Gothic Gourmet.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Women Scream Radio. It is Thursday, February the 11th. I'm Amy Williamson, and with me I have Shannon Overland. Beverly Van Pelt will not be able to join us tonight. She had a last-minute appointment, and we wish her well on that. Tonight we have a hot, hot, hot show for you. Just in time for Valentine's Day, we have a vampire Belladonna Dracul, she's an author and she is going to be joining us and she will be sharing her vampire collection short stories for the vampire enthusiast. I know we're all enthusiastic about having Belladonna on tonight. Hello Shannon, how are you? Hi Amy, I'm great, how are you? I'm fantastic, getting ready for Valentine's Day which, you know, I never like when Valentine's Day is really on a Sunday because that means Ian has to work, so we have to celebrate it the day before. But, you know, what is Valentine's Day anyway but a day that's dedicated to love and, you know, and everyone says it's commercial. But I can't say that um, I think there's anything wrong with the day that's dedicated to focusing and sharing your love with other people. I agree with you. It just sometimes kind of painful when you don't have someone in your life, but um, that's when you um, should probably focus your love on your best friend, your mother, your sister, etc. And I, I don't see anything wrong with having a day where where you do that. that. I think it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and if you use the law of abundance, the law of attraction, instead of focusing on what you don't have, you could use it as a day to put out into the universe what you do want. And then that way you'll be sending out those rockets into the universe and you know, the more you focus on what you do want, because you're well aware of what you don't want, but sometimes you're not as aware of what you do want. So when you're aware of what you do want and you focus on that, then that grows and that builds. And that uh, it makes it a day where you can um dream of love i I think that's a very good outlook Amy and i you know i I'm, I'm gonna try I think I'm gonna try and put some of that into practice this week um what do you do you have plans? do you know what you're doing yet for the day before Valentine's day? Um we talked briefly about going out to dinner um I'm getting my hair cut <laughs> that day <laughs> nice and uh yeah, I've been um trying a new shampoo, and it's really working. It's really making my hair look better. no we're not talking supposed to be talking about girl talk, but this is winter this this cold and winter um air has been really drying my hair out, so I decided I just need to like beautify it up and get a nice trim, and then the shampoo will work even better, and I'll have soft, silky, lustrous hair and when I go out on um <laughs> When we'll you go out on auditions, they'll say, gee, what what was that commercial? Gee, your hair looks beautiful or something like that. I can't think of it. <laughs> I, I, You know, I don't know what you're talking about, but I kind of remember something like oh, that. Oh, gee, was your hair, hair smells terrific or I think it was oh. something like that. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I believe that that will happen for you because you are like the master of uh, – of putting things out there into the universe and getting them back. I, I really admire your your commitment to that. Well, it was funny. The other day I, um, I was like hoping and hoping and hoping that I wouldn't because it was the snow day. And um, I put out the racket that I just, you know, I wanted to stay home and, you know, um, that my appointments would cancel because, I mean, like, we got like, I don't know, like six or seven inches of snow, maybe more. I don't know. I didn't calculate. But I, and I put it out there, and the first two canceled, but the last one just didn't cancel. And I thought, drats. And so, I, you know, I got ready, and I drug myself out into the car, and I was like, wait, I forgot my phone. And so, because I just had a feeling that I just knew that that last one was going to cancel. And so I came in, and I got my phone, and I was halfway there. They called and they canceled. So I wasn't specific enough. I didn't say that I wanted them to cancel before I left the house. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: well, you know, at least you got mostly what you wanted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got to be a little more specific about that. And um, I'm also working on a new health plan, and I'm trying to, you know, get myself back into where I feel healthy, and I feel vibrant, and I feel good. And you know, um, with the, I'm a person where I, I I have to battle a little. With the depression, you know, with the the lack of light, and you know the, you know the, I, I guess I need the melatonin that the sun, the vitamin B, and all that stuff that the sun offers me because, um, in the winter months, I kind of get the blahs, and so I have to, you know, exercise or do something to get myself going, and um, that's when I really have to practice the positive thoughts. But you have something really cool going on um, with the theater right now.
4: Yes. Um I'm actually for the second year
2: in a row going to be doing the vagina monologue. Um last year when I did it it ended up being probably one of probably the best theatrical journey that I've ever taken in my life. And I I've done a lot of theater and um when when they told me that they were gonna be doing it again and asked me to be involved again, I jumped at the chance not realizing that they've gone even further this year and they're they're creating um a non profit organization to help raise money for um beneficiaries all year round so um i'm I'm really excited about that excited to be a part of it and um you know more power to the women yeah yeah i um I've never actually been to one, but hopefully um this year I can make it i um there's a lot of things that I want to do this year um that I haven't done in the past um although we were invited our show was actually and this is in the in the works our show was invited to partake in um and broadcast live from the Rocky Horror Picture Show Uh, in Jackson, Michigan, and I had texted Shannon before the show, and we were kind of chatting about it um, because they, you know, I I need to go and see the location and kind of see where we would set up, and I'm sure we would do a live broadcast, and we would also do something with Afraid TV or Live Paranormal so that people could also tune in and watch it. And um, I think that um, doing things live like that, uh, there's something to be said for, you know, being on camera, but just be that that thrill of being out there on the stage and just having the audience watch you, and you know, like um, uh, learning to deal with other people's imperfections, and when the other actors mess up, or even when you mess up, just you know, kind of going with the flow, and then later just having a really good laugh about it. That's that's the best feeling in the world, walking out on stage and just you know, knowing that everyone's watching you. Yes, I agree. And I'm really excited about this because um I love rocky horror um I just saw it at Halloween and my friend was uh playing um Frankenfurter, so that was that was a lot of fun to see him strut around stage in his platform heels and that was that was really cool so yeah i I love it. I can't wait to see it It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, and it's going to be really cool because we'll be able to interview the characters. And Mm -hmm. um, interesting is I went to college with one of the people who, I guess he's in the show and his wife is in the show as well. And so um, through the the magic of Facebook, everybody from, I went to Olivet College, has kind of linked up and we're all, you know, like um, chatting on Facebook and he's proposed it. And I was like, well, yeah, why not? It seems like something, you know, our show would, you know, <laughs> you know. And out of the norm and it would be a lot of fun to do. And mm-hmm. um, also this week I was contacted by uh, our good friend Robbie Thomas. And Robbie is doing a sh- uh, tour where he's going across the United States um, and it's called a Psychic Justice Tour. And uh, he's going to be... Um, working with um, unsolved cases. So um, if you've ever wondered who works behind the scenes on murder murder missing persons cases and you'd ever like to see a live cold case done right before your very eyes, he's going to be doing that on stage um, in front of an attending audience and deceased loved ones will speak from beyond giving the answers needed because of course Robbie is a, a psychic medium, and um, it's going to be like it's going to be really an outstanding event um, like none other. And the police are endorsing it throughout North America, and um, he's going to be on stage um, presenting his psychic abilities and accurately giving correct information to the police and families to help solve the crime. So the police and the families will be up on stage with him. And um, some of the things that people are saying about uh, the tour is um, Robbie Thomas can be best described with a few simple words, intense and extremely accurate. Don't miss out. You'll regret it. That's for Phantom Phantom Magazine. Emotional, inspiring, and provocative. There's a true angel among us. That's Ghost Radio Network. And there's only one Robbie Thomas. This is a rare opportunity. You simply do not want to miss out. That's Visions Magazine. And um, he will be coming to Michigan, and he has asked me to be his opening speaker. So I will be there, um, presenting whatever I'm going to present about myself and what I do, and also opening for him and introducing Robbie. And the tour locations for tour locations and more ticket information, you can visit his website at www.robbythomas.net. And uh, he wants everyone to know that the psychic justice tour is dedicated to the victims of crime and their families. So oh, it should be, that it be exciting. So cool. That is so cool, Amy. And I'm so happy for you. That is a, an amazing opportunity. Yeah, it's a huge honor to be asked yeah. to do that um, for Michigan and you know, because I know he's he's hitting like a number of states in a, like in three short months. So he's going to be really hitting the pavement. And I know he's going to be in California as well. And um, Andrew Brewer, the rock and roll psychic, will be opening for him in California. I don't know who's going to be opening in the other cities, but I definitely know that because we we know Andy. So
0: yeah, very, very cool. Excited.
2: Yeah, it's very exciting. So, Robbie's cool and we're also going to be going in August to his pair, um Canadian American Paracon and Sarnia again will be there. Um you should hopefully maybe you should come this year.
4: Ah, uh, yeah, um I'll you
2: know, I'm working now and I have an excellent job paying excellent money. So, I mean, I I don't see why I would have a problem getting there this year. Yeah, so woohoo! Well, Yay. um, I have to get my passport though. I still haven't got my passport. <laughs> I, I will too. I have one, but it's expired. Oh, or that <laughs> the um, super size. I don't. They're called something else, but I like to call super size driver's license, where you can travel over land and sea. Yeah. You can't fly. <laughs> right, right, right. No yeah, you <laughs> Yeah, have to have one of those because we just slid by by through by the skinny skin skin of our teeth going over the border. So, um we'll have to do that. And we I've got a few other conferences that um lined up but I just can't announce them quite yet. But um I have one that I'm really excited about but I'm just waiting for the contract to be signed. Um it's going to be in Michigan. Another one in Michigan that I'm really, really excited about, but I can't announce quite yet. And uh, so, it's not—it's not quite paranormal, but it is sort of paranormal, and it kind of goes along with the Victorian theme that I do at the Victorian Hunting Experience. So,
0: um,
2: yeah, it's kind of a spinoff from the Victorian, and uh, okay. I love. Ever since we started doing the Victorian Haunting Experience, I just really love talking about um, the Victorian lore and whatnot, so I'm really excited about that.
0: <laughs> well, that sounds but awesome. But tonight,
2: yeah, tonight we're talking about vampires. What do you know about Woo-hoo! vampires, Shannon? Well, um, I just actually about a month ago, I finished reading the entire Anne Rice Vampire Chronicle series. And that includes like the little offshoot books, like uh, Armand the Vampire and Pandora, and all those little offshoots about the, the the main characters. And so, I mean, I guess I know as much as she wrote about. Um, and then, of course, I read the whole Twilight series. I guess I'm more of a fictional vampire person. I don't know uh, historically a lot, although I did do that story once about the when they thought they found vampires in Venice. And it oh, out to yeah. people, remember, and they turned out to be just uh, people that died of the plague and they thought they were vampires because they were bloated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one time, this is kind of an embarrassing story, one time I tried to ask Anne Rice on the show, and, Ooh. um, yeah, and I sent out an email that I, sometimes if I ask, like, a similar kind of author, um, I sent out like a, you know, kind of like an inquiry type email to various email addresses. Well, for some reason I got it wrong and I said something wrong in her email and I caught it. And I was like, crap. So I re- sent it and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I misdid something. And I sent it again, but I didn't craft it. I was like, oh, well, forget it.
0: <laughs> not gonna oh.
2: respond. And she didn't. But then another person um, responded, which I was excited about. But I just, Maybe someday I will try Anne Rice again. I'd well, love to have she, her on. She went all religious on people. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. yeah, She writes all those religious books now, so I don't know how interested she might be. I mean, it would be really cool to have her. I mean, I would be so geeked. But, you know, there, there's a yeah. possibility that she's, I, I think I heard that she's kind of trying to stay away from, that whole thing now. vampire thing. It's kind of like Cat Stevens, when how he went all religious after he did all that music. Yeah. Join the cult. Well, we do have our first guest, and she is on the line. Our first guest is Belladonna Dan- Bella Dracul. When Belladonna was a young child at the age of 12, she discovered an immortal world of literature that made a miraculous change in her life. She was working at a local library, and instead of being paid in money, she was paid with a vampire book that made her existence on this planet worth living. Belladonna also enjoyed reading the vampire books she was offered by friends, as well as the movies she watched. However, the stories within those books were not as she would have portrayed the vampires that she so loved. They were vile monsters that hurt people, and they were never once depicted as the protagonists of the story. So, in the summer of 1993, she began writing her own vampire stories that quenched her thirst. She wrote her first story, Bloodkin, at the age of 12 and continued her writing career as well as her study of vampire pre- until present day. I think that's vampirology. I've never heard of that vampirology until present day. Belladonna's book, The Vampire Collection, Short Stories for the Vampire Enthusiast, has taken her nearly 16 years to complete. Belladonna has been recognized in the writing world as an international author, which is extremely rare for a first-time author. Belladonna's book is now available through several online bookstores, or you can purchase it by following the instructions provided on her MySpace page, which is located at www.myspace.com forward slash the vampire collection so mm. let's go ahead and bring belladonna on to pair scream radio welcome belladonna to pair women's scream radio i'm amy and with me i have shannon how are you,
4: hey, how are you? it's great to be here great to have you are you gearing I'm up really- for vampire for um, valentine's day uh actually my little quote vampire is actually more into werewolves, so not really doing the vampire thing, doing more of kind of a vampire werewolf mixture. So that's pretty interesting if you really think about it.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what has um brought you over to the vampire werewolf mixture type thing?
4: Well, I think it was when I met my husband back in 2000. He just he was very much into werewolves, and I was just like, okay, you know, kind of a kinky vampire werewolf thing. And uh, after, like, shortly after I met him, I was just thinking I would really like to do the mixture of vampires and werewolves. And I wound up doing it, and then I got a really, really bad case of writer's block. And right in the middle of that writer's block is when they came out with Underworld. So I was yeah I was a little bit irritated with that but I was like you know what I'm gonna put a different spin on it and you know it'll be something totally different that people won't be expecting.
2: So would you when you have writer's block, so many writers get that. Actually, I'm going through a little case of writer's block right now. Um, what do you do to to get yourself through that time that period?
4: Uh, pff, go crazy basically. <laughs> I just, it's, It really is frustrating because, you know, it's with all the vampire stuff that's out nowadays, and I probably just picked up a lot of people, right, not a Twilight fan, but, uh, you know, it's, it's frustrating because... And so I just sit there and try to think, you know... Bella it, you know, I, Donna...
2: Donnie, you're cutting out a little bit for me. Is she cutting out for anyone else?
4: Yes, for me,
2: too. Okay. Okay. All right, so let's try it again. Um, You (laughs) were cutting out a little bit. I I got Not a vampire, not a Twilight fan, and then you cut out.
4: Okay. Um, No, it's just the genre nowadays. It's about romance and stuff like that, and I've never been into that kind of stuff, and I just, it's, the writer's block is just, it's frustrating, you know, because there's so many genres of vampires, so I just, basically, I just kind of bite the bullet and deal with it and just write whatever comes to mind. Well, I don't think
2: you're alone. I think there's a lot of people that aren't Twilight fans. Yeah,
4: I just, I don't know, I... (laughs) I'm sorry, it sounds terrible, but I, I haven't read the book. I'm just, I'm not really a romance kind of fan. I mean, I was when I was young. Know. Oops, you're cutting out again on a Donna. I wonder <laughs> um, <laughs> I why. Watched, I watched the movie, and it took about a pot and a half of coffee for me to get through it. Really? Yeah, it, my husband and I, we just, we couldn't
2: do it. We were like, this is a terrible
4: movie. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about that movie, and I haven't
2: seen the movie, and I've made the commitment that, you know, I, I was going to watch the movie before the, you know, the sequel came out, but I just didn't do it. And I did the same with Harry Potter, which really shocks me because these scenes, deep in when I was like a kid, this would have been right up my alley. This would have been something I would have ate up and drank up. But for some reason, I'm just, I have an aversion to them because they seem so, mm, I don't know what the word is for it. It's just Uh contrived, I guess. Contrived. Yeah, I could see that. I could, yeah, I could, I, you know, and I felt that way too until uh, my, my current roommate said, here, you need to read this. And she like gave me the book and I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I read it and then I was hooked. But up until that point, I thought, you know, it's a bunch of teenagers running around with the vampires and they're in love and yuck, yuck, yuck. Um,
4: yeah. But
2: it, 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 I think I was more interested in the, the, how they portrayed vampire characteristics and the different um things that, she 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 says that they can do and they can't do um yeah. what um what where do you stand on that i mean do you do your vampires have like superhuman powers
4: <laughs> well they they definitely don't sparkle if that's what you're asking <laughs>
0: <laughs> can they minds? <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah they can but it's you know it's more of a It's not the whole kind of, you know, I know what you're thinking kind of thing. It's more of a, you know, I will make you think what I'm thinking kind of situation. It's, they're just, they're the old school kind of vampires, you know, blood, decapitation, you know, the really gory stuff. And then when people find out I'm a female that wrote it, they kind of freak out a little bit. They're like, who's the love? I'm like, vampires are monsters, (laughs) they're monsters. They're not loving, and they're definitely not vegetarians,
2: and they don't sparkle, which is extremely frustrating, you know. You know, and that's true because vampires really in the realm of, um, I guess, reality, they are put into the cryptozoological category, which are monsters.
4: Exactly. You know, which is even as a kid, it's just... You know, when all the other monsters or whatever, you know, would kind of freak me out. Those were the only ones, for some reason, I felt like I could relate to them, you know? It's just everything I read about them related to everything in my life, and I'm like, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. And I just... Now,
2: if you were to pick a movie, what movie would be more like your vampire
4: characters? Okay, can I say my favorite movie? Because that would probably be the closest, and that would be The Lost Boys i oh, oh. Oh, oh God, I know. I know. <laughs> I think it's every it's every woman's fantasy. I don't care what anybody says, but you know, you gotta sit there and think they're they're hot as hell. You know, well, I was seven years old and I'm thinking, oh God, they're yummy. You know, <laughs> At such a young age, and I think that's one of the reasons I was so interested in them. I'm like, I love them. You know, they're awesome. They're so sexy. And you ha- you another. have that nowadays. Yeah, I know. I gotta be uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but even you know, and Lestat, Lestat was, was an awesome vampire. He was an awesome vampire. But then you bring in people like Edward, and I'm like, hmm, really? You know, I'm I'm sorry. I think it's cool that she was able to come up with something like that. I mean, I give her props for that. But he's just. I mean, with Scott and David and Dracula, all those other vampires, you know, they kill them. It's kind of sad, but they would. They kill them. I (laughs) give her
2: props just for the fact that she was a stay-at-home mom and now she's a billionaire. You know, like, I mean, it's like a, a story, yeah, a true story that, like, dreams can come true just through the Europe power of imagination. And the fact that it was a dream, it all came to her in a dream is also pretty amazing.
4: Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff I do. I've I've been having dreams about all the stuff, and when I tell people that, they're like, "Oh, like the Twilight author," and I'm like, "Okay, you know, whatever." <laughs> it's like, but I've been having all my dreams, and it's. I think when I do my writing, I'm more visual than literal, because uh-huh. when people read my stuff, they're always like, "Okay, I saw this vampire and yada yada yada," and then somebody else reads it and they're like, "Okay, well, I saw it as a different vampire, and I like that." Because I want it to be to where people see different aspects of each character, you know. So when they think of it they see something completely different.
2: You know, and I like
4: that they have those different views on my work. So And
2: in your collection, the vampire collection, short stories for the vampire enthusiast, you said that you began writing in nineteen ninety three. So do you have stories all the way back from nineteen
4: ninety three that you have in there? Um, Bloodkin was the first one. I started in ninety three but I actually first started writing when I was seven. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was one of those really weird little kids where my friends were writing stories about puppies and kittens and, you know, blah, 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 type stuff. Yeah, I remember writing a story with pictures, by the way, of a guy killing his wife with a car because she cheated on him. I don't know where it came from, but (laughs) it just happened. (laughs) That's you must like have
2: had some worried on. teachers. You must have had some worried teachers in school,
4: huh? My my, my teachers thought I was weird. They would always tell me they're like, hey, "I love your story, but you to tell so I'm like, "Well, this is weird." I'm always to the to girls. They're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> well, could you say that again? You just cut out. They they were what? Shocked by my work. And, I mean, you know, to be seven years old and to write that kind of stuff, I mean, I'm I'm surprised they didn't want to put me in a mental institution.
0: Sure. Well, I'm surprised, yeah.
4: it, you know, because I remember writing a story
2: when I was, like, I don't know, I think I was in ninth grade. And it was just a story that came out of me about, you know, a, a girl who wanders off and, you know, she freezes to death and, you know, she's sad and whatever. And the teacher, like, called me aside and she's like, are you feeling like you want to harm yourself? And I'm like, no, it, the thought never crossed my mind. It was just something that was inside of me that came out. And I think sometimes teachers freak out about this kind of stuff when, you know, when somebody leans more towards the
4: macabre, they're like, oh, they're yeah. gonna, they they want to hurt themselves. There's something wrong. Well, I did. I wrote a poem when I was in high school. And I was, I mean, I was kind of going through a little depressed thing. I was kind of mourning the loss of a friend. And, you know, sometimes it bummed out. And I was writing some of my poetry, and the next thing I knew all over my poem was, do we need to talk? Are you having suicidal tendencies? I'm like, no. Why would you think that? And he's like, well, you just seem very upset this week. I'm like, um, yeah, I am upset, but nothing towards you. Sorry, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: I guess they don't see that that can be an outlet for for exactly. people that are feeling how they're feeling. Um and so, do you have like an example of a story that you can share with our audience? Um, you don't have to give the whole story away, of course, because we want them to buy it and read it. But do you have an example of one of your favorite stories in the book
4: um,
2: that I can read on air?
4: Oh, just uh, like a
2: summary. You do have to read it on air. Oh, okay.
4: okay.
2: Hello. Hello. We're having some technical difficulties with um, Belladonna's uh, mic. Um, Belladonna, are you there? Okay. Well, Belladonna, if you can hear me, why don't you hang up and try to call again? And um, in the meanwhile, let's keep the vampire conversation going. Um, uh, do you have a vampire in history, or in movies that you enjoy, Shannon. Um, you know, I um, well, like I t- like I mentioned earlier, I had just finished reading the Anne Rice Vampire Chronicle series, and so that's like pretty prominent in my brain right now. And out of all the vampires, that what did you think um, of Tom Cruise as a vampire? Uh no. No. <laughs> I thought that was a very poor choice. I liked Brad Pitt. I think yeah. he did a very I think he did a very good Louie. Um Kristen but Dunst did a great job as yeah. well. She was amazing. But um if anyone has read the series, my favorite vampire out of the whole series is Marius. Ooh.
4: Um
2: he just, you know, he is so honorable. And and he just he's he's always he just wants to love and be loved and um, honorable vampire. Yeah, he is a very honorable vamp. He's a very honorable person, and he just wants to. He's very artistic and wants to, you know, just help. Mm-hmm. He's just he's very. I just really like him. And, you know, the whole tragic love affair between him and Pandora. And the weird thing is, as I was reading, you know, the series, there are several books where he and Pandora come into the picture. And I, I, I started hearing and seeing the name Pandora all over the place because they're, like, star-crossed lovers. Like, they love each other so much and they want to be together. But they fight all the time, and they're just, they bring out the worst in each other, and I'm like, no, that's like me and Scott. (laughs) Well, you know, I was thinking who I was thinking that reminds me of, because Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that was one of my favorite vampires, and it reminds me of Spike and Drusilla.
3: (laughs) Mm.
2: Yeah, I'm not really familiar. I saw the movie, but I didn't watch the series, um, so I really don't know the characters. Okay. okay, um well Bella Donna was on the air but um I was just about to bring her back on but I think she hung up again. Oh no, nope, let's I think I see her again.
0: Yay! Hello Donna, nice. are you there?
4: <laughs> I'm here. I'm so sorry. This phone keeps messing up. I apologize. Oh well, it's okay. Okay So, no. um
2: getting back to our uh um our questions, um I guess we'll go. We'll move forward. And um, can you give us kind of your thoughts on vampirism and what it is? And you know, what what do you what? Where do you think it evolved from? And do you do you believe that there are real vampires and all that good stuff? Wow. Um, the question.
4: <laughs> we have a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> um let me see. Uh, I just I've been studying it since I was a kid. I've always been fascinated with it. And um, I just, I think in a sense that there are real vampires, but not the vampires that, you know, you read about as a kid, the whole immoral kind of stuff. I think it's, you know, I think there's more people who have an obsession with vampires, blood fetishists, you know, just as far as like real vampires as compared to the stories of old, I don't think there really are. I think a lot of people are so fascinated with the idea of vampires that they figure, hey, you know, I'll dress up that way, I'll wear some fake teeth, you know, I'll go around doing that. That kind of stuff is okay, but then you have some people who feel, hey, I'll do the vampire thing, I'll go out and kill some people and see what it does for me, you know, and that's just, that's just bad press right there. Just, You know, that's not doing anything for you. The only thing that's going to do is put, sh- put you in a mental institution. You know, so. But well, we actually had a vampire
2: on our show, but she wasn't a vampire per se. That she drank blood. She was an energy vampire, and she's wow. actually on Paranormal State now. Um, and, uh, sh- you know, she talked about how there's a, you know, there's a consensual. Um, energy vampires where some people have Mm -hmm. too much energy and then there's some people who don't have enough and so they come together and they feed off. Her her name is Michelle Ballinger, but on Paranormal State they're using her (laughs) name, Ballinger or something. I don't know. It's something different. But that's who it is, and she was on our show, and she, you know, she spoke about how she is a psychic vampire who um, she does. She was just born for whatever reason without enough, not enough energy, so she feeds off of other people's energy, but she never does it without consent, and she has books on it. And um, so I think there is the psychic vampirism, because I have been zapped by a vampire, a psychic vampire, where I was like, whoa, what just happened there? You know, I and you feel like drained.
4: Yeah. Well, you you also have the empath vampires who feed off of emotions, and I kind of feel like that's, I think that's a lot of people, because there's a lot of people who just, they feed off of emotions, and I wouldn't necessarily call that an empath. I just, I guess I would just call that a very emotional person, but some people feel like that's the only way they can survive, is by feeding off of others' emotions. So, Hmm. hmm.
2: Well, and then there are the people that actually do drink blood and they you know, they mm-hmm. get tested and they do it in a consensual way and they just feel like that's the energy, the life force is in the blood and they need the blood and all yeah. that. Um I, I do think that Hollywood did actually um the the vampires that are in our movies and our T V shows that we see now, you know, Count Dracula, they did, you know, coin the vampire and what what we now see as a vampire. I mean, there was yeah. the, the Countess, what is it, Belle, Countess, um, help me, Valerie? Belfer, Valerie, the Countess Valerie, who bathed in the blood. But I don't necessarily see her as a vampire, but she's always mentioned in vampire documentaries because she bathed in the blood.
4: Well, you know, it's, people have done studies on her, you know, over time, and a lot of people are like, okay, she's a vampire, she's a vampire. If you really read back, and I'm working, well, I will be working on a story in my second book called The Bathory Male, which is going to be a descendant of Elizabeth Bathory. And Uh a lot of people are like, well, how can you put that in your book? You know, she wasn't a feeder. It's, like, true, but she felt in a sense that, you know, blood was the whole essence of life and everything. And she thought that, you know, if I bathe in it, it will make me look younger. And that was the thing. It didn't do anything for her. You know, she just, she felt this kind of power, but I think it was more of a, she felt power from knowing, you know, that she was going around, you know, killing innocent people and bathing in their blood. And, I mean, really, she wasn't doing anything. She was, you know, pretty much, you know, a murderer, but, you know, she's, she's known for that kind of stuff, and she's pretty interesting. I guess you could say she's someone to, you know, kind of look of as kind of a vampire role model, in a sense.
0: I <laughs> uh, <laughs> that way. <laughs> You know, I always thought
4: like,
2: why wasn't her skin like um, stained from all that blood? It just seems like, a, you know, like, you,
3: like the yeah. vampires.
2: It just, in, you know, the real brutal, gory vampires. Their their mouths are always stained with the blood. Yeah. It seems Like
4: skin would be stained. Well, you would you would think it would do something to her skin. I mean, you know, and that you know, it's, if you sit in a bathtub long enough in water, you get waterlogged. What would blood do to you? Yeah. I mean, did you want know, to walked from that, or you know what would happen on that extent? So. Well, blood stinks, too. I um,
2: worked yeah. at a um, hospital, and when I'd have to go into the ER to bring uh, the patients out, it reeks. I'm telling you, that it really does. <laughs> it's,
4: it's pretty, it's pretty nasty after a while, you know. And that only congeals. I mean, how long was she sitting in the tub before the blood started congealing? You know, yeah. I mean, the snow alone would have to be gross. You know, so uh, yeah, it's pretty disgusting. So, but you <laughs> are, job? You know, moving <laughs> we'll yeah. along. Um,
2: are you um, are you going on a book signing tour? Are, are, do you go and sign books, or what do you, what happens with that?
4: Well, um, at this point, I'm I'm getting some stuff signed on. Um, I just did a convention over the weekend, Underground Horror Fest. And uh, I made a lot of connections with, you know, some movie directors and stuff like that. So uh, we're kind of in talking, well, right now we're just talking because we're getting stuff ready and everything. And uh, we're talking about making some possible movies. Some of the stories in my book. Yeah. Um, Have you heard of Lucky McKee, the director of May? Lucky McKee? No, I haven't. haven't. Well, he made a movie called May. I don't know if people have heard of that or not. But it's, oh, yeah, uh, I've
2: heard the movie
4: May. Yeah, yeah. i heard that movie. He, I met him at the convention, and uh, at first he was like, you know, hey, whatever kind of attitude. But by the end of the night, I'm like, I love you, Lucky. And he's like, I love you, Bella Donna. And I'm like, you are you thinking about making all my stories into uh, a movie? And he goes, you know, he goes, the more I've been around you, he goes, the more interested I am. He was like, I really could see doing, you know, one of your stories into a movie, because I told him I was like, I'm a huge fan of May, and, you know, it would be like a real big honor, and so he was thinking about doing that, and then there was an independent filmmaker who's into horror who was thinking about that's local, and um, my book was just recently sent to Stephen King, so, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not trying to drop names that sounds like <laughs> <laughs> uh, the creator of The Crow, James O'Barr, has a copy of my book. So, you know, that's pretty cool because I'm a huge fan of that. So, you know, it's just a lot of horror people are interested and they all say the same thing. You know, it's something very original, something dark, not Twilight related, which a lot of people are really excited about. And, you know, it's just kind of keeping busy with that. And I have um, other stuff coming up in the next couple of months. And, Plus, I'm trying to work on my book, and it's very hectic. <laughs> it's a hectic schedule.
2: And your new book, are you going to be incorporating any werewolves?
4: Definitely. Um, if anybody read Howl of the Blood Moon, um, I'm not trying to do any spoilers or anything, but uh, one of the characters, I'm not going to say who, is going to have his own kind of sort of spin-off. It's going to be more of a darker kind of character because he was a very savage character, And, you know, so there's going to be a lot of blood. And in the second book, I plan on doing more controversial stuff, more gore, you know, more adult kind of content because, you know, I started when I was 12 until I think I was like 24, 25. So, you know, there was a little bit of youth in there. And the second one's going to be, you know, more complex, more, you know, adult kind of horror type stuff. I'm excited about it, so. sounds awesome. It really does. So the... um. Stephen King has your book. What? Who sent the book to Stephen King? What? <laughs> uh, my publisher sent it. I was uh, ordering some books recently, and they were like, um, "We've, you know, we've gotten a list from Stephen King of all these authors, and uh, you were on the list of one of the people that that he wants a copy of one of their books." And I was like, "Okay." You know how is that possible? Yeah. I know I'm thinking, oh my god, he's like the king of horror. So you know, oh, yeah. it's it's something you know you you might you know it's it's a big name drop kind of thing. If you're gonna drop a name, that's the one you want <laughs> to drop. Yeah, like no me. doubt. He has my book. So yeah.
2: yeah. But it's <laughs> also, I mean, Stephen King is like like the king of horror, yeah. and that's like a horror. huge like like oh. Great, he has my book and I would be like be like, Oh, does he love it? Does he hate it? You know, and how will you find out? How will you know? <laughs> That's the thoughts that would be in my mind. Like I'd want to be like trying to get his phone number and be
4: like, Hey Stephen, what's
0: up? It's uh Thelidana.
4: It's <laughs> like come come to my house. Come hang out with me, please. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'd love to visit Bangor, Maine. Um, I'll be in the, the your neck of the woods. Um, so where do you do, where do you live exactly?
4: Well, you know, I must say though, if he knocked on my door, I would probably pass out. Oh you know, yeah. The opportunity to meet him would never happen because as soon as he knocked on my door, I would have a connection fit and pass out, and no one my not My husband would not be here, so no one would be able to resuscitate me. And (laughs) you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he did because
2: I was, um, I was, I saw one of my friends on Facebook. She lives out in the middle, really, you know, like not out in the middle of nowhere, but I think she lives like maybe in like, around, like, New Jersey, Philly, wherever, and she's like, you know, I'm going to Walmart to meet Stephen King, and I thought she was joking, you know, like, who goes to Walmart to meet Stephen King, and then, like, maybe, like, an hour later, she's like, I met Stephen King, and I got a signature, and so finally, I had to write her, I'm like, what are you talking about, and she's like, yeah, they just, yeah, they just did a raffle, where, you know, he was going to go to any Walmart, and they pulled it, and that was the one that he went to, and he actually went to Walmart and did a book signing.
4: Man, I thought I went went to Walmart
2: enough. Apparently not. Yeah. I want to find out where he is. He would have a heart attack if I was walking through Walmart and there was Stephen King in the book section.
4: Oh, my God, that would be amazing.
2: I don't know if I would recognize him, though.
0: I know, yeah.
4: that's what a lot of people say. They're like, I don't think I would even be able to recognize him, you know, but yeah. he's really creepy looking, so I don't think he would be able to really bypass someone like that. Yeah, because I think he still has the Coke
2: bottle glasses, and you'd really kind of yeah. be able to tell. You know, I've had like a conversation, like I heard he was a really nice guy. Um, We had a astrologer on our show, and we had asked her to come back, but she was really Um, not doing well, but her publicist called, and he was speaking with me, and we were kind of chit-chatting. And um, back in the day, he got the opportunity to meet Stephen King, and this was when Stephen King was, like, doing, you know, the drugs and the alcohol, and he was a cool guy even then, you know, because usually drugs and alcohol can make people kind of like a bit of a jackass, and he wasn't. He was still, like, approachable and very cool back then, and I think he's still like that.
4: I, that's that's definitely one person I would just love to meet. Because, I mean, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, his stuff was really the only stuff that would freak me out. And yeah. I've mean, seen a lot of the movies, and I was really surprised when I read, um, oh, God, what is that book, uh <laughs> The Shining. I had never mm. seen the movie, but everybody was like, oh, read the book, read the book. And I read the book, and I'm just, you know, I read when I have the time, but I must say his was one of those books I I couldn't put down. I read wow. it from cover to cover, and it's funny. I write horror, but I heard something like a little you know noise or something in my house, and I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. I was like, okay, I gotta put the book down. <laughs> and gotta good. put it in the freezer. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> you're I'm safe. It down, I'm <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know, you're really good at horror when you know someone can read your stuff and be like, whoa, you know. And it's just he's one of those people he's just I think he's gonna go on forever, even you know after he's long gone, I think he's still gonna be you know considered a horror icon,
2: you know he did vampires
4: he, well, and with Salem's lot, he could really he he does vampires well, yeah, as well, yeah that's why I'm hoping he'll like my butt that's what I'm really hoping. I'm just hoping one day he'll be like, Oh yeah, um, we'd like you to do the movie." And I'd be like, shut up, don't call me crank caller." you know? Prove <laughs> it, prove it that you're Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to
2: talk to Tabitha.
4: <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably do freak. Even if it said it on my caller ID, I think it'd have to be like, no, oh, this isn't Stephen King, and hang up the phone, and then he'd never call back, and I would be screwed. So yeah.
2: probably call back. He probably gets that a lot. So, Bella Dawn, <laughs> what do you see in your future?
4: Looking in your crystal ball. Oh, my crystal ball. It's kind of cloudy, but, uh, well, I'm hoping that I can actually get something done with the second book, because I've had a lot of people reading the first one, and they're like, okay, I've read it. It's something definitely original. I love it. What do you have in store for the second book? And I'm just, I'm hoping I can get that out, and I'm hoping, you know, something happens with the movie thing, and hoping for more signings, conventions, stuff like that, so... You know, she said, I try not to plan too far in the future, you know, because then you have the whole problem of disappointment in case something doesn't yeah. happen. But, you know, it's, it's a struggle. It really is, you know, because you have to work and work and work for that kind of stuff. And, you know, and some people, they're like, well, how can you be that persistent? It's like, well, that's just how you have to be. You know, there's nothing you can do about it.
2: You really have to if you want to be a writer. You're never, yeah. I don't know, any writers except maybe the Twilight Lady who, you know, falls ass backwards into fandom. You know, you really have exactly. to get out there and work your butt off to really get noticed.
4: And then it's a crapshoot. Exactly. It's, and it's, it's frustrating because, you know, it's especially like when I first came out, um, there were so many publishing companies that I was like, okay, I want to go to them, I want to go to them. And they all tell me, they're like, we've never heard of you. Um, don't bother contacting us. And that's frustrating, you know. So. Yeah. Hmm.
2: So how does someone get your book if they if they want to read your vampire collection?
4: Um, you can go on my MySpace, which you gave the address for earlier. Um, just Basically, you can just type it in anywhere online and you can find it. Um, the borders in my town, they sell it. Um, it's recently been converted into an e-book, so I'm kind of hoping, you know, something on that since a lot of people just don't want to take the time to read. Uh-huh. And,
0: you know, <laughs> I personally like bad. the book.
4: I like yeah. the book a
0: better than the
2: e-book, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm more, like, I like to lay in bed and read the book. I don't like to snuggle yeah. up with my computer. I like to snuggle exactly. up with I'm the same oh. way, Amy. I love to read, but e-books and me don't mix.
4: <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and Latin, think about this way. You're using a lot of electricity sitting on your computer all night. Yeah. So, yep. you know. <laughs> but the size on, on the you, eyes, too. It's <laughs> turns turn on, on, on a of people. can reading the books, so that's kind of a problem, too. <laughs> so <laughs> you're kind of screwed either way, but, you know, it's just uh, like I was talking to someone recently, you know, people just, they don't want to read nowadays. They're like, I'd rather go to the movies. You know, wow, it was based off of a book. There's a shocker, but you know, it's just it's it's going back to the old school kind of stuff, you know. And I mean, it's I'd rather read than sit there and watch the movie unless it's something really, really boring. <laughs> like or, you an, or you could do it. You could do an
2: audio book.
4: I like listening no, I sometimes
2: while I'm driving.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that and uh that's actually how I read Interview with the Vampire. I read it on audiobook and my problem was was there were so many background noises at the time, I kept, you know, forgetting where I was and I have to and of course it was on tape. So, you know, I have to go old school, or rewind it, and then you'd go like, Okay, did I miss this part? You know? <laughs> what did I do wrong? So yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I
2: think the audio books are best when you're driving because really, there's nothing really else. You're listening, you're watching the road, and you know you're exactly. just you can really get into it if you have a long drive. Well, don't to
0: ask her.
4: Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, well, my keep... I'm sorry, that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you uh, since you were talking about Interview as a Vampire,
2: we we lost you. Uh, We were talking about our opinion of Interviews with Vampire. What do you think about Tom
4: Cruise? Uh, As far as sex appeal, i got to go with Stuart Townsend. But as far as the whole, you know, mean kind of vampire, i got to go with Tom Cruise. You know, he had more of the viciousness, and I think that's why people fell in love with that in the first place. But, you know, Stuart Townsend gave it the whole sex appeal kind of thing, so... True, true. And A. Rice did pick Tom Cruise for the movie, so you know that's saying right there, you know, I approve. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but Tom Cruise
2: was big at the time. I mean, like, yeah. would she? I, would she pick him now? Really?
4: Would she pick him now? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think she would. I really don't, because I mean, he's he's getting. It sounds terrible. He's getting up there in age, and you know, and. I just, I think she yeah, would. I have don't think that. it's the age thing. I think it's all the quirky and weird stuff that he's been doing yeah. lately. And I don't no, think he would. She would. You know, people are concerned about that. They're like, okay, he used to be a cool guy. Now he's a little bit on the crazy side. So okay. I think she might have a little bit of problem with that. You know. Huh.
2: Mhm.
4: I wonder who she pick now. I don't know. Uh, Too bad she she doesn't want to talk about vampires. I'm gonna flip on. I read something about that, and I heard what it was, was uh, after her husband died and the whole Hurricane Katrina thing, you know, her daughter had already died, and she was so devastated by everything. She felt that religion was the only way to cope, and she said, I don't want to do vampires anymore, so. I mean, you got to
2: respect somebody for, you know, their beliefs and how they feel, and, you know, she put something out there that you know, a lot of people cherish and they read and they like, and so, you know, to each their own. Exactly. <laughs> now, you were, you were about to say something about your husband when I was trying to ask about <laughs> Interview with a Vampire. <laughs>
4: well, no, you were talking about the audiobooks, and um, I'm doing another convention in July. I think there's still, it's still a working process because I just did one this past weekend, and he was saying, you know, he was talking about the whole audiobook thing, and he goes, you know, he goes, you could either do an e-book, an audio book, he goes, just burn it to a CD, you know, because they haven't done the production on it yet, he was like, you know, because a lot of people just, they just want to put it on their computer, read it, whatever, instead so of the book, that, you know, they sell e-books and audiobooks and all that stuff, like, way cheaper than books, but, you know, me personally, I'd rather have the book than the whole e-book, because I think it's just because I get distracted really, really easily, and i I couldn't pay attention to that kind of stuff, but uh, the fans can definitely um, check out my MySpace. I have a lot of pictures from the events I've done, and not to not to sound bad, but, uh, yeah, my husband's definitely a piece of eye candy, so... <laughs>
3: <That's
4: your path. laughs> yeah, I yeah mean, that. definitely definitely. That's one reason I have him work with me is I get a lot of, you know, people come up and they'll be like, ooh, he's cute, and I'm like... Uh, yeah, he's in the book. They're like, oh, really? So, yeah, that can be the books. Well, the MySpace page that
2: Valadonna is talking about is www.myspace.com forward slash The Vampire Collection. And uh, she does have quite a few pictures up there. She has um, a full page on how to order her book, where you can find it. It has a lot of backstory about Belladonna Dracul, um a lot of cool stuff. Belladonna, thank you so much for joining us on Parawoman's Scream Radio. You've been a real thank delight. Thank you for having me. fantastic
4: <laughs> as well. Thank you. That's a huge compliment. Thank you so much. And feel free to contact me
2: again. Okay. Well, you'll have to join us when you uh, release your next book with the vampires and the werewolves because I really dig the werewolves. I oh, do, I'm, I'm a too. werewolf girl, actually. <laughs> I'm more of a werewolf girl than I am a vampire
4: girl. I think I might have to start doing that more, you know, so, yeah. People the werewolves. No, so there I'm... have been sightings of werewolves in Michigan. Oh, really?
2: Real yeah Real. Yeah, if you, if you type in, that, they're on the cryptozoological pages as well, and they actually have, like, how they have sightings of the Mothman and Bigfoot and all those creatures. They also have sightings of werewolves. Uh uh-huh.
4: uh. Oh, actually, wait, did you say Michigan? Michigan, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think I did hear something about that recently. And people kept asking me, they're like, when did your husband go to Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I guess it was when I was sleeping, because apparently I missed it. <laughs> Michigan's the mecca of weirdness,
2: I swear to God. Oh, everything, yeah. like, um, what is it, the five degrees of Kevin Bacon that you can do the five degrees of Michigan, you can re- relate everything weird
4: back to Michigan.
2: Try it sometime.
4: Wow. I, I'll definitely do that. Um, <laughs> I have like that in my book, people will be like, Michigan, not exciting.
2: So. <laughs> okay, thanks so much for joining us, Belladonna. You've been a joy and a delight. And well, happy Valentine's you. Day. Happy Valentine's Day, you
4: too.
2: Bye-bye. Okay, that was Belladonna Dracool, Women's Screen Radio. <laughs> You'll have to check out her um, collection. It is a fantastic collection. The vampire... Um, Collection short stories for the vampire enthusiast, and you simply go to her web page at www.myspace.com forward slash the vampire collection. Well, Shannon, it's music time! Yay! Music time! Of course, my uh, page is not loaded. So, what are you in the mood for tonight? Well, I think in honor of Valentine's Day. I think it'd be really cool to play that thing that um Beverly's husband made for her, oh, the Portuguese one, no, the one where he's talking and it's about love and what's the name of it? I don't do know, you know? Mm. okay, let's do moon hanging low. We haven't done that in a while, okay, we'll do Moon hanging low, and I'll look for the one that you're speaking of. I did recently upload a really large file, and sometimes that will knock my other files off when um, that happens, which blows. But, you know, what are you going to do? Okay, so in honor of love, here is Serena Matthews and Moon Hanging Low. And by the way, she has uploaded a YouTube video to go along with this song. So you just Google Serena Matthews, and she actually filmed a real moon, full moon. Nice. And it's over on YouTube. So here's Serena Matthews and Moon Hanging Low.
0: I don't think the rain Can wash this away This wound is too deep To heal now But don't worry about me paint on my smile swirls to is too shallow to drown me there is the moon hanging low to see that wonderful me Straight through the rain That old comfort I know keeps calling I wish that night would swallow this day And the clouds wouldn't see Wonderful
5: love, he who bends beneath your grace like a sparrow below the gale, I am ever unworthy of your love, shall I not sing it to the masses, be they known to me or otherwise, my desire is attainted with the perfection of the years, it is noble in its golden stillness, it is wrought through with the ritual toss of skin and sense, the visceral crush of slavish lust, devotion, and the radiance flesh. It is love divine poured invisibly through me. I sing it and breathe my last into verse. Now they know it too. In my cadaverous sight, I glimpse the unquestionable, a flash of benighted beauty which the ferryman's coin cannot revoke from my vision. A pair of jeweled eyes, dark in their way, like twin stars fixed. The pool of the sun. She sees in me my fate, to love once and best of all to be loved by the one that gazes upon me through all the long years of my life. I am happiest there, a blessing that seems to one unused to blessings of love. I am happy there. As ever, for all days, till the unwinding of the clock and the undoing of the world and ever after, my beautiful beloved, your servant.
4: I'm Victoria Tim, Miss Horrorfest, and I love para-women scream radio.
5: A new way to bring the paranormal community together.
2: Sharing everyone's ideas and sharing ideas with everyone.
1: Creating a newsletter with submissions. From all around the world.
4: Members of all paranormal fields.
1: Just like you and me. Whether you're into ghosts and hauntings or an observer of UFO phenomena,
5: The White Crow is for you.
1: The first
2: paranormal newsletter
5: for everyone.
2: Written by everyone. If you
4: have something to share
5: or just want to see what's going on,
4: come join us in this combined effort.
0: The White Crow.
4: The paranormal newsletter
2: for everyone.
0: Written by everyone.
2: Visit us on MySpace at www.myspace.com forward slash thewhitecrowforeveryone.
5: If you're interested in being part of the mailing list, or just to download the newsletter for free, visit us online at www.thewhitecrow.org. The White Crow, the first paranormal
0: newsletter for for everyone, created by everyone. everyone.
2: That was the New York Room, and I will wear your ring. I did find Shannon's requested song. It was Portuguese for devotion. And Before that, we heard a little Serena Matthews. I did want to mention that the White Crow um, just released their fourth edition, so you want to go ahead and check that out on their MySpace page. You've got it tuned in to Parawoman Scream Radio with Amy Williamson and Shannon Overland.
0: Hello, <laughs> hello. We're coming up on the Paraworld News. Yes.
2: Um, really excited about some of my news this week. I'm feeling like I'm getting back in the old groove. Um, right. Yeah, I had a you know a lot of good stuff going on, and then. The primary site that I was getting a lot of my news from stopped producing news. Uh, I've struggled for the last several
4: months, but um, I think I have some good stuff today. Um, All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got my scorecard out. Let's hit it with us.
0: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Okay.
4: Romania's
2: president may have won re-election this year, but did he do it honorably? His opponent, Marcia Giovanna, says no. Marcia was the top contender for the Romanian presidency, but experienced a very narrow loss, which he at first blamed on massive fraud. But now, however, he alleges that he was targeted by waves of negative energy during a key debate just before the runoff that was won by President Basescu.
0: Yeah, at first, what? Gypsy, Did the
2: yeah? do oh. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, at first, the Romanians mocked him, saying he was just being a poor loser, and uh-huh. uh, the president like, just dismissed all the allegations. But uh, recent photos have emerged showing um, this well-known parapsychologist uh, named Aliodor Menolea, who was... Physically close to the president during his campaign. Um, Manilea's specialties include deep mind control, clairvoyance, and hypnotic trance, uh, according to the Romanian Association of Transpersonal Psychology. And these photos um, show him walking behind the president, like directly behind him, as he was on his way to the debate. So, Yeah. So um this this parapsychologist's alleged role in the elections evokes age-old Balkan rituals where the evil eye, witch doctors and other mysterious forces were used to launch mystic energy attacks on opponents and to sap hapless victims of their vital strength. Now neither party would comment on the issue, but Romania, you know, home of Dracula, has long been home to superstition as well. So I, I have a feeling that this story has not ended. I well, know. you know, I, I think that there's some validity to that. I really do. I think that if there's like a group consciousness that, you know, they're – people are trying to zap you you know of course you're going to try to like protect yourself and maybe not give it any credence but it's hard when you you think somebody's out to get you to not think about it and not to let that in your whole energy so yeah, yeah. so even if it wasn't necessarily true if he believed that it was happening that could have screwed things up for him you know as well yeah yeah It. I don't know. I'd cry foul too. Foul, (laughs) foul. Yep. I love a good gypsy story. I like the gypsies. Yeah, I do too. They're beautiful people. Mm -hmm. Although I did have have, had a little incident um, when I was fifteen. I was working under the table for a, a produce market that was that was near my home, and I remember one day. Um, a bunch of people came in and my boss came up to me and he was very upset and he's like you watch these people they're gypsies and they're going to steal you know they're going to rob us blind and blah 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 and you watch them keep an eye on, on them and and they just they you know I don't know <laughs> I don't know but they they just they did have a way of just swirling around and you know creating uh, chaos, so it's possible that uh, there was some thieving going on, but uh, it just kind of, I, I just, I felt at first, I'm like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> it just really.
3: Yeah, easy. but <laughs>
2: do you think that maybe you didn't, maybe like him saying that to you kind of planted that thought, I mean,
3: I um, he
2: could have had an energy about them that, you know, kind of mixed you up, but, you know, that some people's energy are like, is like that, and they do it mm-hmm. on purpose. Because they know they yeah. can mix up your energy, and then with him saying that on top of it all, it kind of mm-hmm. swirled you, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very possible. But that was just, you know, it was just odd for me. You know, I was 15, and you know, you read about gypsies and stories, but like I, I was just living in Detroit, and, and, a, and a group of gypsies came into my store. Hello, <laughs> that was just <laughs> a really weird experience for me. Um. <clears throat> Speaking of weird experiences, the legend may be back, just as mysterious and dark, to stalk the unsuspecting. Until last weekend, Cesar Garcia and his brother in law, Juan Miranda, saw their life near Horizon City as secluded and peaceful. They moved to the area from Chicago, oh, that's in Texas, by the way. They moved to the area from Chicago three years ago, but have suddenly then experiencing a lot of strange and unexplained occurrences. Their rabbits went into hiding. Their cat spent the weekend on the roof of their house. Uh, Their roosters didn't crow, and their dogs didn't bark. Wait, let me guess. Is this El Chupacabra?
4: Oh, you are so right, and you Uh, ruined my suspense. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, go ahead.
2: And... At least 30 of their chickens were killed by an unknown entity. Do you closer, know what did it for me was that the cat went on the roof. Really? Yeah. Well, you are a cat lady, so I, I suppose you could put yourself in the cat's position and, it, yeah, I could see where you would get El is a ground-loving animal, and the cat wanted it off the ground.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. So, you know, they lost 30 of their chickens. Um, they're hesitant to say what they think spooked their animals or killed their chickens, but when pressed, they did admit El Chupacabra. The legend of El Chupacabra has been part of border folk folklore since stories of the creature's existence in Puerto Rico emerged in the early 90s. The creature has rarely, if ever, been seen, but it leaves dead animals behind, and its name comes from the animal's reported habit of attacking and drinking the blood of livestock, especially goats, just for all those that don't know what El Chupacabra is. But, you know, if you listen to our show, you should know by now. <laughs> it's the <bad>. goat sucker. <laughs> yes. But El Chupacabra is very real to these brothers who came out of his house Saturday morning and then found 20 dead chickens. Wow. He said,
4: I saw the chickens were dead, but there was no blood anywhere in the coop. and and they were just dead in one big pile. And, but he
2: doesn't know what it was because there was no blood. And he said if it had been a dog, there would have been blood everywhere because dogs tear the chickens apart.
4: Uh-huh. But,
2: and, he, and he said he was also puzzled by the wounds on some of the chickens, which he describes as um, just merely two pokes, two pokes. But, so they looked it up on the Internet and figured out that it must have been El Chupacabra. Now, the next day, uh, they found 10 more dead chickens, so that's all 30. That's all 30 of them. Um, that, and those were in a different coop, and, but he said he couldn't figure out why his dogs didn't bark either night because it was, like, it was almost as if nobody heard anything, nobody saw anything. Um, but he said that they did see foot tracks, and the tracks that they found look like ones that they found on the Internet. So they followed them around until they just vanished. Um but he he said he's very grateful because up until three weeks ago he had a herd of goats, which he sold. So he was very grateful that um this happened after he sold the goats. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: I, I I think Beverly and I had this conversation, um I don't think you were, maybe it was even last week we had this conversation. But I believe that of all the cryptozoological animals, it's going to be the albatropicabra that becomes a valid animal that comes off the, the crypto list And because I really think that they're getting closer. You know, they they have specimens of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Phyllis, I can't think of Phyllis, but her name was Phyllis, and she was on the show, and she had been on Monster Quest, and she's in Texas, I believe. Um, Beverly thought it was that flying creature, one of the ones that, uh, the lizard one. It's not the Mothman, but it's a, and I don't think it's the Jersey Devil, but it's some other creature. She thinks it's going to be like a pterodactylish, you know, like from the, stone age, stone period type of creature, but I really think it's going to be the L. Chupacabra.
4: Yeah, I agree.
2: I I think that's the closest out of any of them that is, is, uh, well, you know what I mean. I'm I'm agreeing with you. It's not such a bizarre (laughs) crypto animal anyway. I mean, it it probably lives in the ground. It probably feeds off blood, you know. It's not really that. Spooky, to be honest. I mean, it eats animals. Right. Little animals. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: All right. My last. Glad the kitty
2: was safe on the roof, though. Oh yes. You know I am too. That poor little thing. Aww. Mm, Poor kitty. All right. My last story. The Knicks, the the New York Knicks, were afraid. They were very afraid, and it had nothing to do with playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. For two days, several players had trouble sleeping because they were convinced that their downtown hotel is haunted. I definitely believe it, Jared Jeffries says. That place is haunted. It's scary. Eddie Curry claims he slept for only two hours Sunday night because he couldn't stop thinking about ghosts roaming the hotel. For years, guests staying at the Skirvin Hilton have reported ghost sightings and strange noises. Legend has it that sometime in the 1930s, a woman jumped to her death while holding her baby in her hands. They said it happened on the 10th floor, and I'm the only one staying on the 10th floor, Curry said. That's why I spent most of my time in Nate Robinson's room. I definitely believe there are ghosts in that hotel. Now, assistant coach Herb Williams teased Jeffries and Curry for believing that the Skirvin is haunted. But Curry wasn't laughing. There are just too many stories, said. Something is definitely going on here. Hmm. Yep. Big, tough uh,
0: the hotel.
2: Yeah. Imagine that. Scaring athletes, professional athletes.
3: <laughs> Don't they
2: know who they are? I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I love that professional athletes are um, kind of getting spooked by ghosts. Yeah. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a lot of the stadiums would be haunted because, you know, um, ghosts come back and they haunt what they love, and it just uh-huh. seems like a lot of those stadiums would be haunted because if if a ball player, you know, whether it be basketball, baseball, football, whatever, if that wasn't their heyday, and usually that is their glory days, you know, they always talk back when, you know, that they were at their peak. Um, it seems like they would, when they would die, if that was what they loved, they would go back to that stadium. Yeah, I agree with you, because it happens with a lot of theaters. We found out that you know mm-hmm.
3: people
2: come back and haunt theaters, so why wouldn't people come back and haunt stadiums? There's a lot of energy in stadiums. There's a lot of passion, mm-hmm. you know, from the fans and whatnot. So, yeah, it seems like that would be a perfect haunting. I agree have you have you gone on any investigations lately
4: no no but everyone
2: at work wants to go with me on one. Oh. We how's your new job going oh I'm loving it I'm loving it and we have um like two two people in my group named Shannon which is like unbelievable because there's like five of us <laughs> <laughs> and out of the five you know two of us are named Shannon the um had us go around and introduce ourselves and I told them I I did ghost hunting. Uh the other Shannon does bow hunting.
4: So oh. they call
2: us they call us bow and boo. <laughs> Office people, they're so original. <laughs> yeah. Yes they are. <laughs> yep. You know, oh dear. Oh, you yeah, have any any interesting movies on the horizon? Oh, yes, yes, yes. There are a few out that I want to... Oh, you mean auditions and movies I want to see? Uh, I was thinking about your uh, career, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I was thinking about movies. I really want to go see that movie, The Crazies. That looks fantastic. I think I it comes out the 26th or the 16th. I can't remember. I don't think I've seen that one, but I do... I'm not a horror film fan, but that movie about that woman in prison that like vanished—I don't know. Oh, that has the um the guy that's dating the model um, um Leonardo DiCaprio. That one, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, oh, that I kind of want to look... see that one. Yeah, that one looks okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about him though. I don't know if a movie with him. I don't know. Um, I'm on the fence about that. I also want to see The Wolfman. That looks very good, but who doesn't love yeah. Anthony Hopkins? But The Crazies is not really, I guess it's a horror movie, but it's one of those biological terror horror movies. So it, I think they almost become zombies, you know, um, uh, where something's unleashed on the population and they, they become the crazies. Okay. And, um, it, and it looks really good. You know, it's like a a biological world terror threat where, you know, like you see in one scene, the guy, you know, the guy puts his hands up and he's like, I'm not infected. I'm not infected. I'm okay. And then like the first scene is like where, you know, like when the outbreak probably happens, there's, there's like a ball field and this guy's walking across the field. There's like this little big game going on and this guy's walking across the field with a with a gun in his hand a shotgun and when he gets closer you know blood's coming from his eyes so and then it's like crazy you know i think i did see that now that you're describing it, i remember the whole football field thing and that does look it looks really good it looks yeah so fun it looks like there's a lot of good scary movies coming out um I have been requested to do a few auditions, but with the snow, it's always hard for me to go on auditions in the wintertime because I never know what the snow is going to be like. I hate committing because I don't like to look like a flake. So I'm always weary and weary around the wintertime to go anywhere because everything's in Detroit, and, you know, it takes me a while to get there. So, Mm. no, I don't really have anything going on right now. I have um, a lot of plans for conventions that I'm planning on. Um, I was trying to work on my script, but I have writer's block. So I'm kind of, like, in a circle right now. I'm trying to just, like, figure out me. Like, I'm trying to take care of, like, you know, like, my health and, you know, my wellness and that kind of thing. And I think that if I work on that, then the other stuff will follow. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, well, next week we have another author on... um, She's my good friend Wednesday Lee Friday. She is releasing her next novel. Um, uh, oh, Kiss Me Like You Love Me or something. I think that's the name of it. Um, and she is she's actually going to be doing a book signing at the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ooh. Oh yeah. The
4: one the one she, one in Jackson? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um that'll be exciting. So, it'll be kind of like a multi, you know, um, book signing, Rocky Horror, a lot of, you know, will be there, so it'll be kind of exciting, I think.
4: That does sound like a lot of fun. And
2: uh, yeah, I don't know if you caught me saying it in the in the chat room, but uh, that was the, the very first place I saw Rocky Horror. I lost my Rocky cherry there. Oh, oh I man. saw my very first one. It was in the Detroit area. So, and oh. I've only seen it once. So. Um, It'll be exciting to go and see, and and it wasn't acted out. It was just the movie and people were throwing rice and toast and stuff. We are coming up on the last 30 seconds. So, Shannon, thank you so much for filling in. Beverly, we wish you well, and we hope that everything goes fantastic, sending you good vibes. And um, love you, Shannon, for filling in and for all the stuff that you do. And uh, goodbye,
0: everyone. Goodbye.
1: You've been listening to Para-Women Radio. So for Amy Williamson, Shannon Overland, and Beverly Van Pelt, join us next week as we talk to more extraordinary women in the paranormal.